Welcome to Rants About Humanity, a podcast where we interview guest experts with passionate opinions about important topics that don't get enough attention. Raw, unfiltered, thought-provoking perspectives with no censorship. With your host, Philip Van Houta. Welcome everyone to the Rants About Humanity podcast. Today I have Amy Carlson. Emmy is the Toxin Terminator. She's the host of the Toxin Terminator podcast, a best-selling author, certified toxicity and detox specialist, and featured expert guest on numerous podcasts and summits. Emmy spent the last seven years removing hidden toxin from her own home to be free of chronic disease and has helped hundreds do the same. To her podcast, she has access to some of the top doctors, healers, experts, and industry leaders in the natural health and wellness field. Emma's passion is giving hope to those who are still suffering, getting no relief from traditional medicine and ready to take control by detoxing and cleansing their health and their environment. Thanks for being a guest on the podcast. I think we should have recorded just like how we were talking just before I pressed like record because we really started talking about being called a conspiracy theorist. And I was just talking about when you re- really read through history, you see so many times people conspiring together to get more power, money, and influence. Sometimes I hear stories of people who have a fight with their sister or siblings over an inheritance, and we're just talking about a couple of thousand dollars. So multiply that in terms of money, power, and influence. Why wouldn't certain people, institutions, go to enormous lengths to gather so much more power, money, and influence on a much more, especially now, global level than ever before? You hit it on the nail with that. And, and, Money, power, greed are the top contributors to many things. And we see through time how at one point science says this is okay. And then just in a few short years, we see that science proves that it's not okay. And this happens repeatedly over and over and over again. Yet here we sit in a current environment here in the U.S. and across the world. We're, we're not as locked down as some other nations are, that if you question the science, you are a conspiracy theorist. <coughs> propaganda, question <coughs> the propaganda, yeah. We're part of the problem. You, you, know, you don't have the benefit and health and safety of everyone at t- top of mind, and, and you're killing people. Yeah, and at the same time, I was thinking about this. The, the most people I see with masks and blaming that other people should protect them for their health have the worst health ever and don't take responsibility for their own health. When I see people walking through the grocery store with a mask on, your choice. I'm mm. all about freedom. I'm all about your choice. If you choose to do that because mm. that makes you feel better, then by all means, go wear your mask and make you feel better. But when I see you in the grocery store and your cart is full of preserved food, GMO food, it's, it's frankenfood. It's not even food. You've got mm-hmm. soda hanging off the side. I got to wonder where your priorities are. You know, that mask is doing nothing for you when you're filling your body full of that crap. There's could use another word. Yeah, but I think most people like, hey, I'm going to give you two choices. Do you want to hear the harder truth that you can actually change within yourself? Or do you want to have the blaming, shaming truth that you can point fingers to other people and nothing changes? I'll have the blaming and shaming, please. Thank you. (laughs) Button. Give me the easy button. You know, let's blame it on everybody else. Let's not look inward. Let's not figure out what is. and, And 
when we are always looking outward that it's always someone else's fault is there's always someone else to blame how disempowering is that i was like when people gave that to me like what you have something that is only my control i can become happier and healthier more meaningful and more fulfilled and all i have to do is just work on myself oh thank you so much this is awesome this was my reaction right i've got a choice that empowers me I want to be empowered. I want to know that there's things that I can do to make a difference, not just for myself, but I'm a grandma of 12, you know? So I think about the choices and what I'm doing today is setting the example for those children that are looking at me, for the communities that I'm involved in, for the voice that I have out in the communities that are out there. So this isn't just for me. This is for the greater good. It's for the greater good. <laughs> yeah, those people often say like, you're calling my grandma. And I'm like, my scope is not only your grandma. My scope is all the lives, all the livelihoods, future generations. I have a very large scope, okay, about many lives, even lives that aren't born yet. Exactly. We don't know where the ripple effect is going to end. And Phil is going to end way beyond our lifetime. Mm -hmm. <laughs> The beauty about how ripple effects work. We just start the motion. We begin it, we start it, and this is going to just keep rippling out and, and have a huge impact that we have zero idea how big it's really going to become. On and one hand, you have the conspiracy theorists. On the other hand, I call them coincidence theorists. Hmm. How can you be a coincidence theorist? Like after 18 months, is there still no bell going off? No little light bulb going off? Nothing with the, with the evidence accumulating in those people you were calling conspiracy theorists and a lot of things that they said were coming through, people lying in the camera that something wouldn't happen and then afterwards it does happen. How much can you blame on things just being a, a coincidence that it happens? Yeah, well, and, and here's the thing. I, I believe in today's world, we can research and find any scientific data, any research to support whatever viewpoint we have. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Honestly, we can. Yeah. So I like to share real world personal stories of things that I personally experience or I see. For instance, I live in a 55 plus community down here in Arizona. And the manager was very, very ill with COVID. He was on a ventilator, lying prone, vaccinated, mind you. He came back and, and he did a little speech at our gathering on Monday morning. And he was sharing with us his experience. And he said, and he was in, in pretty good health him, himself, but he shared that I got vaccinated because I was told it was the right thing to do. And I got very, very ill. And not only was I very ill, but I was in ICU. I'm on the ventilator. I'm laying prone for 12 days, you know, as they're trying to get my oxygen levels back. And everyone I am surrounded by is vaccinated as well. And they're all in the same condition that he was in. So that's my personal story. I don't have to tell you a research that's out there. I can tell you that the vaccines, when they came out, and this is what I wanted to talk about. I don't know what you want to talk about. You're going to talk about it. It's like, okay, this is going to be another YouTube introduction with like, hey, guys, check out my Rumble video because I have to censor it. So hi, Rumble viewers. 
<laughs> if you watch this, but that's perfectly fine. I mean, some things we can't talk about anymore in the Google Archipelago and the fascist book and stuff. So yeah, then uh, we do it on other platforms or other ways, right? Should be extremely alarming to every single person when you cannot express your point of yeah. view and it gets shut down. Listen, it's been happening the last entire 18 months. I'm not even going to go to, you know, the shot, the jab, you know, whatever you Mm -hmm. want to call it, because many people have gotten it. And God bless you. If that makes you feel better, Mm -hmm. but we were touted and we were told that this was the only way to end this pandemic. Okay, people, We've got better than 50% of you vaccinated. And then the other 50% have already had it, according to the numbers that you're telling us. So we're at herd immunity. They're we boiling are- the frog. And that's how they do it. Like there's two also, I mean, I will give presentations about it in the future. One thing is like promising something, you know, and then only later backtracking, but giving people hope it won't go that far. And the other thing is psychologically, like make it harsh, give them a little bit of freedom back and then make it harsh again and just go in waves. That's a very good terror mechanism. So people are not getting a solution. They're building a lifestyle and a humanity. And what is the end goal? People ask me, and it's very difficult to already jump to the end conclusion when you haven't been down the rabbit hole. To have mind control, you need two things. You need control of perception and you need control of behavior. How do they control perception? Through only allowing you to see the prescribed narrative on media and anything you perceive so you don't see any other perspectives. How do they going to manipulate your behavior? Conditional freedom, track and tracing of your behavior. And with those two things combined with a social credit score and getting all that data and having you only see that prescribed narrative, bam, you're puppets of their control and they can do whatever you want to do what they want you to do or want you to see. That's exactly what is happening. And I've joined in with some groups. Freedom Fighters is one of them. I'm getting ready to launch a community here in the area that I live of other business owners and networking people to ensure that our voices are heard and that, that we do the steps that we need to do to ensure that this doesn't happen. I am not for a one world order. I am not mm-hmm. for our freedoms being taken away. I am not for, I am for everyone having a choice. You know, you get to research, you're an adult, you have a free will, you get to decide what is good for you. And listen, this is not just about, well, you're just choosing and you're being selfish. I'm here to tell you, there are some people who physically cannot do what the government is mandating here in the US because it will harm them, it will kill them, it will cause irreparable, irreversible harm. I don't know about you, I personally know more stories of people who had very negative effects from the the jab than people who actually, I mean, I'm not denying that uh, people can have longer after effects of like COVID. The mortality rate is still a little, 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 little bit higher than the flu. But yeah, people can have more. I'm not negating people at personal experience, but I know a lot more people who are seriously ill from uh, the jab than from COVID. So this is what people have to go through every six months. Well, it's going to be even, it's going to be more than that. And that's the problem here. When we're reliant upon a pill, a drug, a shot, something like that to, you know, cure our health instead of looking inside, we're always going to be reliant upon on that. And, and we'll need that in order for our very survival to live. 
And I'm saying there's another way. There's another way to do this beyond being reliant upon that. I've seen it firsthand. I've experienced it firsthand, not only, you know, myself, but with thousands of people who I've helped, you know, throughout the eight years that I've been doing what I'm doing. And it's not hard. It's not that you think that the shot or the medicine, the pill is the easy answer, but it's not. That's not the easy answer. When we can take little small steps that give us power, you know, give us energy, give us sleep, give us support our immune system. So we're not going to be out there catching everything around us that, that is going around. Now that's the true pandemic. And I'm not trying to say that there's not a virus. I get it. And guess what, people? We've had viruses from the dawn of time and we're going to have them until the end of time. There will always be viruses, but how is the host? Your body is the host. If your body is strong, that virus cannot take hold. It will not take hold. The basic question that people should go through is how serious is this virus? That's the first question. The second question is what are the best measures giving all the other measures we could take, giving all the other diseases out there because every angle we could have with the money that we could spend, what is the most pragmatic approach? And who is making the decisions right now? And are they benefiting from those decisions themselves? That's four important questions. Let me go over the first one. How serious is this? 0.15% on average, 82-year-olds with 3.8 underlying conditions in America. And those underlying conditions, my friends, are obesity, diabetes, high blood pressure. And that's the second thing that I wanted to go towards. Of all the things that are, because mo- you have a, a limit, there's no such magic money that the government can print. What are the best ways how you can spend money? Well, look at the biggest diseases, which is lifestyle diseases, much more than COVID. How do you tackle those things? Well, by sleep, meditation, exercise, good food. Are we spending any money there? No. Where's the biggest problem? So-called comedy in hospitals. Okay, build more hospitals. Do they build more hospitals? No, the crisis got to be alive. Oh, let's hire enough nurses. No, let's fire the nurses who don't get the jab. So the crisis is even, even worse. So on all angles, this approach doesn't make any sense at all, given the severity of the virus, given the list of the biggest mortality things in general and the underlying illnesses, and then how are you going to spend the money? Hey, Biden, instead of going to every door and jabbing people, how about going to door and asking people how healthy they are? And instead of giving checks and a donut for getting the jab, how about you give them two times free exercise during the week and a meditation class? How about you put the power in people, their hands, instead of making them dependent on a pharmaceutical industry that has a very bad proven track record of a so-called thing that has no long-term side effects? What do you have? A time machine where you can travel 10 years in the future. It's not even there for a year. How the hell can you know the long-term side effects? You psychopaths. (laughs) Freaking psychopaths. Seriously. (laughs) Tell me what you really think. Here's the thing. All right. You listed off. And I find this very interesting, Phil. You listed off diet, exercise, meditation as three things that you can do to affect your overall health. I'm the toxin terminator, all right? And what you just did is the mindset of most people. Toxins are the number one contributor to all disease and inflammation in the body, toxins. Mm -hmm. They're in it, they're in it. 
So I don't care how much you diet. I don't care how much you exercise. I don't care how much breathing exercises you incorporate in meditation that you do. If you don't take your hand off the fire, you're not going to get well. You're not. We've got to take our hand off the fire. We each have a bucket. Okay. We all have this bucket that we're given when we've given life. The moment we're going. And every day we're filling up that box bucket with toxins. It can be coming from the food we eat, the water we drink, the air that we breathe, the products that we're putting on our body. We're just filling up that bucket, right? Our body's got this detox system built into it. And it does a beautiful job of removing those toxins. But the more we fill up that bucket, the, the harder this system's got to work. And all of a sudden, it's overrun and we start getting disease. That bucket does not ever change size. We're given one bucket, one size. And so if we start eliminating, I don't know, maybe we buy organic food, right? And so we start eliminating some of those toxins. Maybe we get water filtration in our house. So we take another toxin away that's not filling the bucket up. Maybe we um, put an air purifier in the home. So we're not breathing in all those VOCs. I don't know what it's going to look like for you, but it doesn't have to be big, major changes. We can take and make simple little changes. And this is what we need to be talking about to people to protect you, to protect me, to protect your grandma, to protect everybody is start looking at the toxins that you're exposed to every day and start making a change there. Do you know any mainstream institution that actually makes people stronger instead of weaker? That's a great question. And mainstream institution, I would say absolutely not. Because allopathic medicine is looking to put a band-aid on the problem. Okay. And here's the I'm not saying there there's, you know, there's not a, a, a time and a need for doctors and allopathic medicine. You know, when we're in crisis mode, we might need intervention. And I get that. But their intervention is to alleviate the symptom. It is not to go in and find out why mm -hmm. you have the symptom. It's not to go in and make you healthy. It's to keep you in a sick care system so that they can continue to make money. And if you don't think it's about making money, you are very sadly mistaken. Because I look <laughs> at the education system, which is just obedience to what I told. I see the political system, which is just a complete scam. Then I see like the media, which is keeping people fearful and misinformed as possible. And all the other, like not everyone, I'm not going to be like completely black and white. But I don't see a lot of institutions where you put the power back to communities or to people and give them personal responsibility. It's all dependent. And then daddy state, nanny state, that institution, nanny institution will just tell you what to do. And you're just dependent on them to get that false sense of empowerment through them, which is yes. not putting the power in yourself or, or your own choices. Exactly. You know, you hit the nail on the, on the head with schools, starting from the earliest education all the way up to our universities and colleges. They are brainwashing. As far as I'm concerned, there is a lot of brainwashing going on and, and the criteria and what is being uh, taught in there. When you go to a school board meeting and the school board tells you that their job is to co-parent with you, no, it's not. That's communism. When you read the Communist Manifesto, one of the things is destroy the nuclear family and the education has to happen through the state. So 
this again, this podcast is not going to be put on YouTube. So that's always good. When I see certain things, and again, I'm totally with you that people should be able to make up their own mind. But this social justice, identity politics, confusing people sexually, you can't even see breastfeeding, it's chest feeding, and you can't see women anymore in a study by the Lancet. It's it's people with vagina like vaginas. Like what what state have we ended in? What kind of ideological, complete nonsense, nihilism state have you actually ended up? I don't understand. I, I, as far as I'm concerned, Bill, please try to, to feed your child from your chest, please. <laughs> I beg of you. And, and when you're successful at that, would you please let me know? And the rest of the goddamn world has gone absolutely mad. Uh, that, that is just crazy. That, you know, to call it chest feeding. Are you kidding me? And it's yeah. also pandering to resentment. Listen, I get it that you're resentful. I also was resentful in the past. I was also angry. I was mad at the world. But it was when I know that the world sometimes is not a nice place. See, people sometimes see harmful things. I sometimes say harmful things. But the fact that I know how to relate to that, become stronger, you know, know lo- learn how to navigate it instead of being coddled all the time and protected and being triggered, it gave me a realistic way of being that just accept the less harsh sides and I didn't have to be moderate or fathered by institutions because I'm just so immature emotionally and in terms of resilience. I'll share a little bit of my personal history with Mm -hmm. you if you don't mind. Two things. Number one, I was a single parent. I had a child at the age of 19. I know what it's like to go through some Mm -hmm. rough times and figure things out. My first apartment cost me $75 a month because it was all that I could afford. And when I opened the door, cockroaches were falling down out of the ceiling. It was nasty, but I, and I worked three, four jobs sometimes to make ends meet. So you can do it. You, you can, you know, survive and thrive. You just have to have the will and the perseverance to do that. Number two, for 30 years, I was the only 100% female automotive service center in North America. Mm -hmm. I I worked on cars for a living for 30 years. I'm a certified mechanic. This was in the 1980s, my friends, when women did not work on cars. Uh, So I know what it's like for people to question your choices that you've made. But here's the thing, I don't consider myself a feminist and I never will because I had a choice when I was in those situations. Mm -hmm. When I worked in the the male dominated field that I worked in, I could either allow it to crush me or I could allow it to raise me up. And I allowed it to raise me up. I learned to persevere. I learned to not take things personally of what people were saying and doing, you know, around me. Most of the time, I didn't use it as a crutch ever. Never did I use being a single mom as a teenager. Ever did I use it as a crutch of being in the field that I was in. And and it just, I don't understand the females that say, well, you know, I'm not being paid the same. Well, then go out and make a difference for yourself. You know, ask for things. Do you have a voice? You know, make the things happen for yourself. They also set unrealistic standards for most women. Once you go down the rabbit hole, you see that a big part of your perception is a prescribed narrative. Now, A, again, I'll keep on turning to that point. If it's your personal choice, you can do whatever you want to do. If you're transgender and you feel you're transgender, you can perfectly do that. When you're mature to make the decision, wish you the best, you know, do what you want. I'm an ultimate advocate of that. But they've been pushing a kind of narrative about masculinity to castrate it, to feminize it, to weaken it. And they've put a kind of narrative about independent women, which on the surface uh, seems good because they achieve the same as men, which is defining success on masculine standards. 
But deep down inside of a lot of these independent women, they don't have that strong, safe men that they can let go, that they can release, that they can receive, that they have the grace and the femininity. So on the outside, they like successful, but on the inside, they don't like, they have to hold on to too much. They have to act so much and they don't feel free to express themselves. So oftentimes it's a false narrative that doesn't bring fulfillment for a lot of women or combines a lot of these aspects like ultimate career woman, super lover, fantastic mom, which is just so difficult to juggle. We're, we're not created to be equal. You know, God knew what he was doing when he created man and woman. And we're, we weren't created to be, I'm not going to ever be as physically strong as some men are. I knew that in the automotive world. And guess what? I had to get the right tools to be able to do the job that I could do as a woman with the upper body strength that I had to break some of that stuff loose. And, and you, you learn the tricks of the trade, right? So... And, but I'm also, there are qualities about me, Phil, that you'll never have, mm -hmm. you know, that nurturing ability that a, only a mom is designed to be that way. And you're right. When we're so fiercely independent, I got married much later in life and mm -hmm. boy, did we struggle in the first years of mm -hmm. our marriage because I was that fiercely independent woman. And I had to realize it's okay to depend on mm -hmm. someone. It's okay to let a man lead the mm -hmm. house. It's okay to let him, and that doesn't mean I'm any less. A woman will decorate the house. <laughs> Oftentimes the woman is the boss in the house and chooses how it looks and et cetera. And the man, you know, I mean, like oftentimes I think, have women not got a bad deal? Really now with all the things you, you when you want to provide for the family, you have to have two people who work. Just imagine the guy working and you can be at home taking care of the kids, but not just twiddling your thumbs and being bored. No, you could learn languages, have your business online, educate yourself. It doesn't have to be boring. But wouldn't that be nice that you could work, but you don't have to work and that a man could just bring in the income and provide, but not, but still be there around the children and not be in a tower and they never see their kids, which I don't condone. But isn't that the good symbiosis? That wouldn't that be nice, but it's just not possible anymore. I believe that that's not possible anymore, Phil. I really don't. Because here's the thing. what what says as a 30 year old, we have to have a $500,000 home? What says as a 30 year old couple, you know, young couple with young children, that we have to have the $500,000 home, we both have to be driving brand new cars. Mm -hmm. These are lifestyle choices, once again. And, and I see it with my own children who are grown adults, that they're being able to be ever present dads. We have three boys. Mm -hmm. Their careers have allowed them that they, they are taking care of their families, yet they're still being involved with their children and at home where it's possible. And it isn't just happening inside my family. I see it happening with lots of others. I see a lot of homeschooling. You know, a lot of us were forced into homeschooling, but I see a lot that choose, you know, homeschooling, meaning one of the parents is at home with those children. So I see it happening more and more. I don't think it's something that's far off. You have to decide what's going to be important. And I think more and more people are waking up to the fact that it's not all the material things that are important, my friends, that it's the relationships, it's the community, it's the, the experiences that we have here on this earth while we are here versus the car that we drive, the home that we live in, and that type of thing. Does that make sense? 
Yeah, I get it. Yeah. Although at the same time, it's also increasingly yeah, more difficult right now, even though you have a lower rent in a house than in like the 50s, then most of the, you know, uh, housewives were like, <laughs> besides the fireplace and then just knitting, you know, the classical image, etc. But I think the, 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 the crisis of masculinity and femininity and the polarity in relationships is one of the top three crises at the moment. There's huge unfulfillment in relationships and it triggers, it makes people feel unsafe, it makes people consume makes them distracted. And it's, you think it's also part of the thing, because I think what they're basically attacking is connection, connection to yourself, connection to your body, connection to relationship, connection to your nation, connection to your history. They're trying to destroy connection and replace it with a digital connection or a false connection to a daddy state or a virtual reality or virtual consuming. That is a very meager replacement for the actual connection, but people rather still have some kind of false connection than a no connection. Well, I'm quite a bit older than you. And I remember growing up, my family, every weekend we were with family. We were with, you know, grandma and grandpa, aunts and uncles, cousins. It was just given that that's what that was. I would venture to say in today's society that rarely happens that family Sunday dinner doesn't occur, that that you might see your grandparents on holidays, birthdays, and special occasions. And, and you're right, we're, we're trying to take this virtual world, which you and I are capitalizing on, you know, mm-hmm. doing what we do as podcast hosts. And, and I think it's important to have that, but we also have to have that personal connection. And, you know, you know, it's an issue when we've got, you know, teen suicide is on the rise. Mental health issues are on the rise. Divorce is up what? We're up to what? 60% of couples are now getting divorced. We got a problem, people. It's a pandemic. I think (laughs) (laughs) that's a true pandemic, not a pandemic where you just change the definition like uh, the good old WHO did with the definition of pandemic. Coincidence suddenly changed. Oh, definition of herd immunity. Oh, coincidence suddenly changed. Definition of a vaccine. Oh, coincidence. All suddenly changed six months ago. It all changed. And friends, because since we're not going to be on YouTube, we can talk about this one too, is in order for vaccine to get emergency use authorization, there cannot be a cure. There cannot be something that heals whatever the getting the emergency use authorization for. My friends, they silenced all the treatments that were having benefit and finding huge results so that they could get this vaccine through. And if you don't think that's true, just go start searching it. I already uh, did a presentation more than a year ago about hydroxychloroquine, and especially in the early stages, it, it, it had a significant effect. Same thing with ivermectin. People say, well, no, yeah, no. It's pretty clear that it has like a good effect, but it's just like not allowed to have cheap alternative between brackets, alternative medicines. We have to shut that down. And I'm I'm in a I'm in a mastermind full of allopathic and functional functional medicine practitioners, health practitioners. I've seen the memos in many states here in the United States where they are being told that if you provide medical exemptions, your board licensing will be reviewed and revoked. If you prescribe ivermectin, quercetin, hydro hydroxychloroquine. <laughs> Like, get it out of the mouth there, that you, your licensing will be revoked. So the doctors and the, the people who are board certified through the states are being threatened. 
are absolutely being threatened. And so, you know, these are things that, that most of the people don't see and hear about. But you're only all allowed to see the prescribed narrative. That is why I didn't hear from it. Yeah, you purposely didn't hear from it. They don't want you to see it. So they're trying to erase people, bully people, threaten people, take people their livelihood. So people never feel like, oh, you know, is there an alternative? No, there is no alternative. That That's what you want you to think. Yep. It's really sad, actually, because let's say that we say something now, like let's say Avermectin is super effective and YouTube has been removing everybody who was positive about it. Can these people be persecuted for crimes against humanity because they, they killed thousands of lives by not allowing that information to be there? Well, one would think that, that, that they could do that. And, and, and Phil, this is the scariest part for me here in the United States. Is I don't know where this is all going because we've got you know, a political system that is corrupt. We have a court systems that are corrupt and bought for by the political system. So there's no justice inside the political system. We just came here in Arizona, the Supreme Court ruled that banning any mask mandates for our children uh, at schools and universities was considered unconstitutional. I'm sorry, covering and smothering their faces should yeah. be unconstitutional. I mean, it's warped, it's backwards. The, the, the court systems have been bought and paid for. So where, what is our resolution? What is our result? What can we do that we say, no, we don't want this. We don't want our freedoms taken away. What can we do? That's the really scary part is mm -hmm. because our backs are getting forced against a wall. Mm -hmm. When all avenues of what normally work, they're shutting it down and they're corrupting it so badly that it can't possibly work. What other alternatives do you have? It has to happen bottom up with alternatives. There is no alternative from coming down the top because I've ne never seen such a rotten world as now. I'm not saying they're all in it, but they play on a psychological level, other levels, or their view is determined by global institutions or other institutions who also have a huge stake in the game. Just look at their investors and you will find BlackRock investment. You will see Vanguard investment. Oh, let's look at Vanguard investment and BlackRock. Let's look at the investors in Vanguard. Oh, BlackRock. Mm -hmm. All, even in Pepsi and Coca-Cola, just look it up. Investors in those big companies, look it up. You're going to see those happening all the time. You can see who the biggest financer of the WHO is. When I did my presentation a year and a half ago, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation and Gavi, also biggest uh, contributors, Bill and Melinda Gates, not a philanthropy foundation, a foundation to pay less taxes and be able to get away with more. That was like, I don't know, 15 or 20%. And then, you know, China was the second biggest one. So if you, if Trump would pull, have pulled it away, then like, I think 35% to 40% China and Bill Gates. It's nuts. It's absolutely nuts. And you just always, 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 here's the thing, follow the money. Mm -hmm. Follow the money. I said earlier uh, when we were talking that honestly, we can go find any research and any scientific data that is going to support whatever philosophy, whatever viewpoint that we have. I, what I encourage you to do is if you are somebody who is a researcher and you're going to go out there and you're going to research things, find out who funded the research. Look to who is funding the research to find out if it's valid research or not. That is going to help you when you're trying to make informed decisions. I don't know. Like, it seems like we're cultivating nihilism that people are like, I can't have an effect anymore because I see beliefs in politics, belief in democracy, belief in the media, belief in science crumbling. Yeah. Crumbling. 
just right now, like even some people, yeah, they, they, they mean well. And, and some of these things definitely are necessary, but they're, they're pushing so much like, yeah, it's not mandatory, but we do everything to make you take it. If it was a pandemic, do you think you would have to motivate so many people to actually take it? Wouldn't you have like horror stories in your family? Of course, that person died. Oh my God, that person. Look at that person rotting on the road here again with thousands in this pandemic. Do you really think you would have to do this if it was a pandemic? Do you really think when it was the Black Plague or any other thing and Ebola, if it would spread more and linger more, you would have to nudge people in such a corrupt way to do it? You really think so? Yeah. Open your eyes, folks. Open your eyes. And I'm not sure. Well, control. Control is the end point with this, in in my opinion, where, you know, it, it's all about gaining control and just blindly following. And, you know, we're all going to need to stand up. When we all stand up together, this ends. This is going to be one of my most straightforward and end podcasts. Like, what kind of a puppet idiot president do you have? The dude can't even construct a decent sentence and is just staring blindly at the teleprompter, you know, and he don't know what the fuck he's saying, where he's at or whatever. You're going to tell me that that person totally got that place by being voted in office and that guy, you know, doesn't have people pulling his strings when you basically have a guy who is completely demanded and is like the the mindset of a, of a two-month-year-old baby, like, and that's the president of the free world. What a well, joke. Thank you for saying that because you said you're in Hungary. I know what he looks like to us here within the United States, but I, I thank you for sharing what he looks like to the rest of the world. You, you know, we have to be a joke. We've got to be a running joke for the rest of the but country. Listen. Back when Trump, and this is not about pro-Trump or anti-Trump, I have my own opinion about it. This is about being Biden being a complete puppet and a complete idiot who can't construct a decent sentence. But what happened, even in the media, when I grew up like in Western Europe, Obama farted. It was the most delicious fragrance ever in the world. Nominated World Peace Prize. Amazing. Oh, my God. Fantastic. Trump stepping outside of the plane with the wrong foot. Oh, my God. Have you seen the chewing gum on the foot of Trump? He's the worst president ever. How black and white can you be in your reporting? So I would, even a fart by Obama was like the most delicious fragrance ever. And just like Trump, his hair being a bit in the wrong way, that was like, oh my God, he's a complete dictator. How can you call yourself objective journalism this way? It's so blatantly black and white. Oh, Black Lives Matter, they're peaceably protesting even with burning buildings in the back. And then other people peacefully protesting for a decent democratic process. Oh, it's white fascist nationalists. Oh, oh, and here in the United States, by the way, those people who are not getting a vaccine are Trump supporters. God oh. forbid, you know, we should all have our, our minds. You know, Biden just said that. I'm sick and tired. You know, these Trump supporters need to be taught a lesson. Those were his words. This is something that I don't Don't you see how distorted you don't have to agree with me? Definitely not. Think for yourself. Don't you see how distorted this is? This doesn't make any sense that one president who has one of the biggest wars ever, Obama, is one won the Nobel Peace Prize and yet one of the most most <laughs> wars ever. Trump didn't have a foreign war, one of the most peaceful presidents in 20 years, objectively. And then you have the reporting where you're like, oh my God, Hitler is gone and Obama is like Gandhi reincarnated. And then you look at his drone strikes, his actual policy, locking up people in cages by the border, which started with Obama. It's like, no, no, he's Gandhi, he's Jesus. Oh, it's climate change, but I'm buying a house next to the water because I believe so much in climate change. Okay, yeah, Obama, definitely makes sense, yeah. Well, I, 
I just saw where they literally, you know, all of the here in the United States, we put up all these wind turbines. Don't ask me what the heck they're doing. Suppo- mm. Supposedly, they're creating energy. I, I don't know. Mm. They take electricity to run them. So go, go figure. Anyway, all of the the blades for these things, they have nowhere to take them. And they're literally burying them in the earth. There you go. That's environmentally friendly. You know, let, I mean, the, the, the green space, mm-hmm. much of it does not make any sense to me whatsoever. That this is supposed to be helping our environment, yet it's really not. And the automobile, that's what the world I, lo- I worked in. Electric cars. Electric cars take more damage to the environment to create and uphold and take care of at the end of their live stream than any gas diesel power. You know why they want electric cars, right? Because with no. electric cars, it's going to be connected to a grid. And that grid is going to be connected to some kind of digital system. And when you are a polluting little dirty human who's producing too much CO2 and traveling a bit too much, you can't move your car anymore because it's locked and we control everything in the grid. And that's the sad thing because I think probably you're against pollution. I'm also against pollution, 100%. Let's tackle pollution. Let's tackle overfishing. Let's tackle too much plastic, 100%. But when you delve down this rabbit hole, when you look at the climate fluctuations, their history, you see that's a lot of money being made in that sector. Oh, no. Bill Gates suddenly cared about the environment. Jeff Bezos suddenly cares about the environment, but he also cares about paying zero taxes with Amazon. But he cares a lot. It's all like philanthropy. Yeah, sure. (laughs) Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> people need to understand where you know where this is headed really open their eyes and and here's the thing if you're listening to this show maybe something that we've said resonates with you just enough to open up and say hmm i might question that just a little bit and start digging a little bit more and that's my highest hope for having these kinds of conversations is just be open a little just be open a little to say, maybe the world as I perceive it, my beliefs as I, you know, am being told my beliefs are, aren't really, aren't really. This is the main thing also that I say, reclaim your perception. Because Mm -hmm. when you want to look increasingly, but it's been there all the time in the media, the last, uh, increasingly last 20 or 30 years, you're being fed a certain narrative of what you believe, climate change, toxic masculinity, independent women, let's use it in the movies, let's use it in the series, let's use it in education. And it's like slowly is like poison into the senses. So reclaim your senses, take personal responsibility, build yourself up. I mean, I'm creating my community also making a difference. I can talk and rant passionately, but I'm also trying to build an example that I still stay strong myself so I can inspire other people and speak your truth. Sometimes all you need to do is speak your truth and other people, hmm, you plant an idea and you think like, I'm not alone. And that way you can also spread it. Well, I'm grateful that you continue to speak the truth. I'm grateful that there are many of us out there who continue to speak the truth no matter what. I've been censored. I've been shut down on many of my different venues. Um, the podcast I keep alive and well because that currently right now is is not censored. So you know, thank you for doing what you, because we need people like you uh, out there that are not afraid to, to have those hard conversations and, and dig in and find what the truth is. Isn't it sad? 
my mission is to help people think for themselves. I don't have the ultimate truth. I think it's important to see different perspectives. And, you know, I will probably be wrong with some of them that I talked about, but that that I can even help people think for themselves and put the power in their hands and see different perspectives. How sad is this? When, when this is what I'm doing is a revolutionary act, helping right. people see different perspectives and think for themselves and make up their own mind. And then I am an enemy of the state just for doing this. <laughs> it's sad. It's a very sad state of of affairs. It just I'm at a loss for words most days on how we got here. And how where, do you think we got here? Because you know the slogan, it's America, and you can end it home of the free and home of the brave. And the free, right? Home of the brave and home of the free. Where is the brave and where is the free right now? <laughs> what happened? That's what I'm questioning. I'm certainly questioning that is, is where are we? You know, I have a party that I am affiliated with and I, I'm disgusted with them right now because they have no backbone and they're not willing to stand up, you know, for us. You're supposed to be, mm -hmm. you know, the party that believes in freedoms and choices mm -hmm. and less government. And yet you are bowing down at every turn of the way, you know, when you had full power you didn't utilize it like the whippy dippies that are in office right now that are just out there making up their own set of constitutions and rules. You know, we believed in, in playing by the rules and doing things the right way. Well, that time's ended. It's done. Yeah, it seems that like people still think like, oh, a little more time and then it will be over. And you keep on nope. going back of the walls without any resistance or protest, combined with the fact that a lot of people who talk the talk they okay. don't walk the walk. They they don't stand for their values, right? Like you have so much intellectuals and even that's what I think, right? But yeah, this will be polarizing. I think even people like Ben Shapiro and Stefan Molyneux and even Jordan Peterson are just carrots to capture the imagination of the right conservatives. Because when you look at them tackling issue, oh, it's all culture Marxism. It's all political correctness. It's all the left, which for me are very low level discussions. When are you going to talk about it's just a piece that's being put there to hijack the cultural perception to serve plans of totalitarian institutions and globalists? But no, you keep on polarizing on a lower level to capture the imagination of people and never put your finger on the true wound and the true origin. Right. Right. Well, you know, you talk about not having the important conversations, you know, having a conversation about a, a shot and a virus. Those are these shiny objects that they want people to be focused on while they're over here doing everything else that they're doing, you know, taking away all of our freedoms and the guise of, you know, what's happening over here. This is not the real story. This is not what's really happening behind the scenes. And we need to understand that. We need to get down here into that deeper level. But I sit back, Phil, and wonder, is it, are we really at a point where we're going to have to take to the streets? Are we really at a point where we're going to have to, you know, thankfully, I live in states where we're allowed, you know, to have protection. And well, do you want my honest answer? <laughs> uh, yeah, there will be violence. Yeah. There is no other way. There will be non-violence and non-protest, etc., but it will escalate. I wonder... Where are the American people? You see all of the protests, peaceful protests, mind you, happening in, in European nations. You see peaceful protests happening in Southern America nations. And I, and I know there's protests happening, but they're very small in nature and compared to what's happening in other worlds and other areas of the world. So, you know, I asked my American, you know, 
people, where are you? Where's mm-hmm. your voice? I know there's more of us like me mm-hmm. than there is on the other side. So if you guys don't step up to the plate, you know, we're going to be in a violent situation and we need you guys to step up. We need you to, to start forming alliances. And, and I'm working on that. I'm working on some alliances being formed here in the state of Arizona uh, so that people who believe the same that I do, we can get together and, and figure out what is our next plan of action. What do we need to do? And people need to take those steps and actions. And you've got to start forming your communities and forming your alliances and getting these things put together, you know, so that we don't lose the United States that we have known and loved for, you know, hundreds of years. Yeah, I mean, oh, it's only a jab. It's only a vaccine passport. Oh, it's only a chip. Oh, it's only a a visor before our eyes to watch virtual reality. Oh, it's, you know, only locking into the grid and then just living in virtual reality because we're too polluting for the planet. I don't know how far this is going to go. You're contributing to a societal model. And the problem is that big institution, especially tech, ever since the enlightenment, that has played such an important role in our lives that we see, oh, we advance as a society when technology is going up, but we're losing our humanity and we're not having a discussion about how far we're willing to follow the mammon of the technology and then transhumanism and then sacrificing the human spirit and soul. And that is what we're doing right now. Most of the things that are being challenged right now are the things that make us uniquely human and we're treated as cattle and we're being given the technological carrot before our nose to act like, okay, this will be better. While we talked about all the issues, mental issues, anxiety, loneliness, divorce, which is only increasing. So how much is our society actually improving when you look at improving also in a moral, social, psychological, relational sense. Tell me how it's better. You know, and, that, and that's the thing. Hey, if you think this is the better option, then by God, you know, mm. keep following along and doing what you're doing. But if you don't feel like this is the better option, and, you know, and it literally is your very life. It is your very life, your very freedoms that we are fighting for. I never thought that I would see this in my lifetime. I never thought that this was going to happen within my lifetime, but here we sit. Here we sit. If you talk from the heart, can you tell me what really upsets you the most or what hurts you the most about what you see happening? Mm -hmm. I'm afraid for my grandkids. And what is the world that they are going to know if I shut my mouth and turn the other cheek? That's what I'm afraid of. What do you think these grandchildren, if you don't stand up, how will they be raised or what would it look like? They're going to be raised by a a government. They're not going to be raised by mom and dad in a community of their church and their elders and aunts and uncles and grandparents. They're going to be raised by the dictatorship. They're going to be raised in a socialistic world, Marxistic world, a communistic world. I don't care what you call it, but it's, it's got nothing to do with love and kindness and making individual choices for yourself and having freedoms to think and feel and choose and do what you want to do with your life. This is the world that they're headed for. And the fact that there are so many of us that know this, we know the direction that this is heading, and yet we stay silent. And I'm and I'm just my ploy is stop being silent. Stop it. And when I see these children also, like that really hurts my heart 
these children like they can't follow their curiosity, can't follow their touch, they can't play. They sometimes see, don't even see the faces of each other, faces of their mom. What, what kind of psychopath society or future psychopaths or sociopaths are you creating by approaching children that way and future generations that way? Let's get them and disconnect them while they're young so we can make them fearful and stressed without any loss so we can milk them later for our own benefit. When you, in essence, are telling children that they are a danger to themselves and others. What do you think psychologically is happening mm -hmm. to them? I was with my family. We're 20 when we're all together this past summer. And I had one granddaughter. I have seven granddaughters who was afraid to hug me, afraid to hug me because of what she hears at school and what she's being told, you know, in her community. How sad is that? You know, my family is very polarized in who believes that we should mm -hmm. get certain things and who believes yeah. that and the, the ones who believe that we should uh, believe that, you know, us that don't are, are really causing harm to the rest of them. So there's that fear there in itself. But here is my flesh and blood who won't hug me because of the fear that she's been fed. That's sad. And even here, I can follow the research. You can read the book, uh, Why Zebras Don't Get Ulcers by Robert Sapolsky, what has even more of a beneficial effect as good as it is compared with as bad as smoking is, is uh, social support mm. and connection. It's one of the biggest boosters for your immune system. Have to have it. We have to have it. There is more mental anxiety, stress, and not just happening with our children. It's happening across the board with everybody. And there's more ADD, more ADHD, more autism, more, uh, the, there's more of all of it. There's more, more ADD of people who just can't sit still because of the stupid system and the crazy environment. That's part of it. Absolutely. That's part of it. There, there are now 200 diagnosed autoimmune diseases, 200. When I was growing up, autoimmune disease, but the, I, that wasn't even a word. Wasn't even a word. You know what's you know? funny? Because I can't put it on YouTube, right? This mRNA vaccine, I mean, it's always funny when I would have a debate. I mean, I saw a video that you should act like you're stupid and then just ask questions to people who follow this and then see what their answer is. This mRNA vaccine, let your own body produce the enemy and then also attack it. What? What? <laughs> How the hell does that make sense? Your own body is going to create an enemy and then that enemy, you attack the same enemy also from your body? That seems like a very sick system and it could fire the wrong way. It's a bad deal and it's, there's so much about, about it. It is actually going in and changing your DNA. It is changing your DNA. And, and believe it or don't believe it, I really don't care at this point in the ballgame. You know, you have the, the, the studies that natural immunity is six to seven times better protection than the brackets vaccine, as they call it, which is not a traditional vaccine, but it's always outdated because it's basically messenger RNA and messenger from seven months ago who tells you to produce something from your own body because that probably will be the enemy and then you attack it. But when you let your body do the work, it's always in real time. It's unique. You fortify it. Okay, you become a bit weaker, but you pr provide a unique solution that is much more resilient to future attack than something that is outdated, not even talking about all the immune diseases, aka your body producing the enemy and then shooting at itself because that it produced the enemy, which is actually itself. 
It's crazy. And then the thought process, not only is it crazy about the science behind what it does, and we know now the science has shown that if you have taken the jab and you do get the virus, you are way more contagious than somebody who has not. We know that for a fact now. But the philosophy behind this is, oh, I got the shot. So I know I can still maybe get the virus, but I'm not going to get as bad as other people do. And because I've got the immunity from the shot, now my natural immunity is going to kick in and I'm even better protected. Whoa, it's a double whammy. And I'm sorry to say that's not how it works. That's not how it works. You, you know, your natural immunity is compromised when you have all of this change in your DNA and the messengers and the receptors have shifted. You're not more. You know, your natural is is always the way to go. Always the way to go. You fortify your fortress. And if the fortress never is challenged, it atrophies. So in the end, you have to be dependent on the pharmaceutical lobby every six months because your immune system is so weak that you just need to have the rescue from the, the jab because you don't have your own resources anymore. They're just like, they're they past expiration date and all the stuff that's there, like useless because you haven't used it for such a long time. Well, and the virus mutates. This is how it works. It's like um, you think about, or oh, here in the U.S., football is what your guys is soccer. soccer yeah. Okay, so you know, you you go up and and you gain ten yards, and what do you do? You come back to the huddle and you you revamp a new place so that you can keep you know pushing that ball forward. Viruses do the same thing. Oop, we hit a a, a vaccine. It stopped us, but you know what? We're going to go back to the huddle. We're going to, you know, come up with a new play and we're going to come back and we're going to keep advancing. Oh, you stopped us again with a booster. No problem. We're going to come back and huddle up. And what that is, is a variant. Look at the flu. The flu is never the same strain year after year after year, area after Oh, you mean the thing that disappeared the last 18 months suddenly? Oh, yeah. I remember that back. That was something that was there before COVID, I guess. Yeah. 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 It's crazy how adaptable sometimes people are. If I would go to New Zealand two years ago and I would say like, hey, what would you think if they would shut down entire New Zealand because a person is coughing in a class? <laughs> That's completely crazy for one flu case, shutting down entire country. And then like a year and a half later, that lovely, completely creep, creepy witch you send the Arden. Oh, let's shut down the entire country because you have one COVID <laughs> I mean, it, it goes so batshit crazy there in Australia, New Zealand. I have no words for it. I, I, I would have to invent a new world. You look at how many deaths there are, 20 million people. It's so ridiculously low. And then you see them walking around like, you know, it's a Judge Dredd, the end of the apocalypse. And like, what? Whoa, what? Like, you still not see the disproportionality? A couple of things that are happening here in the United States. Number one, New York now allows minor children to be vaccinated without parental consent. Okay, parents, is that not alarming to you that they yeah. can go in and get a medical procedure without you even knowing what the heck is going on? I'm sorry, but a minor's brain is not highly developed until they're 25 years old. They are not capable of making those decisions until they're well into their 20s. This is why they're minors until the age of 18, you know, and, and they're, they're looking to us for advice and encouragement and, you know, helping them pave the way to be successful people. That's one thing that's happening in New York. And I know it's New York that's passed the law, and I'm not sure of other. California probably has too, because California is lost as well. In New York right now, you can't enter a restaurant or a bar without uh, showing a QR code or uh, showing that you're vaccinated or I don't even test this possible. Or not. But even there, people 
I would say, even if you need a test, stop complying with this. Even if you need a test, screw that freaking test and stop going to that store. Yes, my heart is totally with the business owners, but we have to draw a line because you're creating a societal model where you have to prove this is the inverted Satanistic system. You're guilty before proven innocent. You're sick before proven healthy. This is inversion, just as the inversion of the cross. This is Satanism. Let me give you an example when you say stop complying. I was at a conference speaking in Las Vegas just this past weekend. In Las Vegas, Nevada is, is a very masked up, you know, you must, you know, do this things. I don't wear a mask. I don't. And I did not the entire time I was in, in Las Vegas. And everybody at the conference was like, you know, while we're inside, you have to put a mask on. I'm like, no, pretty much sure. I don't have to do anything I don't want to do. And by the end of the weekend where I was at the conference, not one single one of them was wearing a mask. (laughs) That was contagious in a good way. In, In a very good way. So, you know, that's what I'm saying. It's the power of one. It is the power of one person doing the, what, the, what you need to do, and then the others will start following because nobody wants to wear the goddamn mask. We don't. We don't want to wear it, so don't wear it. I won't wear it unless I'm absolutely for it. Flying, I still have to fly. I have to get out you know, into places. I've got to wear the mask when I'm on, on a plane. That's about the only place you're going to see me with a mask on because either A, I choose not to do it and you're going to have to call the police and get me out of your right. place of establishment or B, I just choose not to go to your place of, of, of business and I'll go somewhere that doesn't require I it. I found in this podcast and I already know it a year and a half ago, masks don't work. I already knew this a year and a half ago. Do you think that they just did the research a year and a half ago? You can see half of these virologists saying, you know, your mask don't work, but they have, you know, an effect toward people and it has a moral effect. We know that they don't work. It's logical that they don't work. Breathing in your own air makes you sick. Even if you're sick, you keep on breathing your own sickness and it keeps you sicker for a long time. They don't work at all. These, these virus cells are so small that it's like this, this image of this fence to hold back mosquitoes. It's complete nonsense, but it is a very effective way to muzzle people to have an external sign of a sick society and a so-called pandemic to make it visual. Well, here's the thing. If, if, Let's just put this big question out here. If the government truly cared about you and your health and they wanted to help you be uh, healthy and not die from this pandemic, how easily did they get all of the businesses to shut down? How easily did they get the mask to be used by everybody, by everybody? So if this is their concern and they wanted you to be healthy, couldn't they get rid of cigarette sales? Couldn't mm. they get rid of uh, fast food places? That's not even real food, people. Mm-hmm. It's not even food. They could shut that down. They could make that change. Could they provide free fruit and vegetables to all people? God, yes, they could. Or make healthy organic food cheaper. Cheaper. Yes, they could. Could they make it a requirement? Here, listen, I'm the toxin terminator in the, in the world. We've got 86,000 chemicals that are used in production right now. And we add thousands to that every single year. There is not one single governmental study of the safety of any of those ingredients used in the body in conjunction with each other. Not one. Not one single one. You think what you're using inside your home is safe and because it's on the, uh, sold on the shelves in the stores that the government has protected you? Bullshit. There's not one safety done. 
delve into this because I'm curious about this and maybe your experience with delving into toxins because how the hell is it possible that we have a more affluent society? I mean, thanks Biden for making the prices go up so it is a bit less affluent, like fantastic Biden, that we have more toxins, more crappy food, more fat people than 20, 30 years ago. Money. It's money to be, it's money to be made. They think that they're doing things in terms of making farming practices easier so that we can get more food out and more production. But in the inter, in the long term, though, we've made it extremely unsafe for us. We think that we're putting products out on the shelf and that we, and it's going to be on the shelves for a long time. So we've got to add these preservatives and food colorings to make it more palatable. We've got to add more sugar into it because we've got to make it taste good, right? But in the interim, we're also making it so unhealthy for the body. So it, it's about getting things out to the masses. It's about extending the life of things. It's, it's about making it cheaper. And so that the, the company's bottom line is, is stronger. It's- I'm always surprised about this. And there's probably a lot of things like that have toxins and complete crap in it that I'm not aware of it. But if you have to do it on an elementary basic level, the average sad diet, standard American diet, what is things that people should completely avoid? And what are some substances that are in certain things or that are made of certain things that would help people open their eyes? Like what? I'm eating that. Oh, you want me to break it down to that? Okay. Corn syrup is one of them or what? They try to do it in a lot of things. Vegetable oil. Let's just go and we'll just take vegetable oil because a lot of people use canola oil, vegetable oils, um, you know, to cook with, right? And they're rancid and they are causing so many problems with heart disease and obesity and diabetes and high blood pressure. So, you know, stop using vegetable oils. They are rancid in the bottle that you're taking them in on. And then when you cook them and put them into high heat, it's even more damaging to the body and the cells in the body. So alternatives that you can use, olive oil, if it's under 400 degrees that you're cooking it with, Mm -hmm. otherwise things like coconut oil. And here's the other tip. Don't keep the oils next to the stove where they're getting hot and have that heat exposure. Put them inside of a dark cabinet uh, and they should be in a dark bottle. Okay. So olive oil, avocado oil, grapeseed oil, and coconut oil are really good oils to cook with. And by gosh, you don't even need oil to cook with. Add a little bit of water, you know, add some grass fed butter. Butter's good for you. It's good fat. We need fat because fat uh, fixes the cells. The membranes of the cells are made of fat, my friends. And if your body is broken and you are sick and you have things going on with the body, we need that good, healthy fat so that those uh, cell membranes can heal. And then the good stuff can get in and out of those cells. The bad stuff can get out. The you know communication, the receptors on the ends of the cells can start talking amongst themselves again, which isn't happening. So vegetable oils, stop using them. There's number one. And, and that's a simple, easy swap to make. What is crap that people should stop putting on their face? This is a marketing gimmick. Okay, I, I have uh, mascara and I do color in my eyebrows. And that's about, uh, you know, it for when it comes to makeup. But I also use good clean makeup and there's lots of it out there. Uh, Beauty Counter has some, Young Living has some. Think Dirty is an app that you can download and you can start checking. Because what do the other things do to your face or what are they made of that is very damaging? 
We've got parabens, parabens, I4-dioxane, we've got fragrance, we've got sulfates, we've got phosphates, we've got endocrine disruptors. Parabens are found in every single breast cancer tumor. Every single breast cancer tumor, there are parabens in them. And when we're talking about our skincare products, shampoos, conditioners, body washes, they're all full of parabens. These are what are causing you to have infertility issues. These are what are causing you to have cycles that are irregular. These are causing um, polycystic ovarian syndrome. This is what's causing early menopause. This is causing breast cancer. Shall I go on with Can the people list? look that up in the ingredients or not? Or do you have to do the research on a site? Or You can turn the front of a package. I don't care if it's food or a personal care product. is marketing and marketing only. They can say whatever they want on there to make you feel safe, make you feel good. Natural, a hypoallergenic, mm. tested by dermatologists. Guys, that means nothing. Turn those labels around and start reading the ingredients. Now, listen. I've read those ingredients list. You're going to read those and go, I, I, I haven't a clue what the hell that is. I don't know. I don't know if it's good. I don't know if it's bad. There's an app called Think Dirty. It's a free app that you can download on your phone and you can type in the product or you can scan it. If there's a barcode, you can scan it. It'll give you a rating from zero to 10. Zero meaning completely safe mm. and 10 meaning don't bring that into your home. I don't allow anything over a three. So zero to three, come on in. I'm going to use it. It's a safe product. It tells you not only the rating, but it also tells you what ingredients are in it that gives it the rating that it gives, what it does to the body. So it's a great educational tool mm. for you to start putting the pieces of the puzzle together. Anything else like deodorant or these sprays oh. that they use in the toilet to make it more... Oh. Stop. Attractive to smell, isn't that also <laughs> very damaging? Because my mom used it all the time. Like, mom, it's so artificial. I don't think it's good. It's actually polluting the air instead of making it better. Fragrance, when you're using products with fragrance in it, they can pull, I believe there are up to 42,000 different chemicals now that they can use it within that word fragrance. Most companies, it's about 200 different ingredients. And they don't have to tell you what it is. They just use the word fragrance. So we don't even know what's inside there. Fragrance is the new secondhand smoke. It is causing neurological disorders. It's causing respiratory disorders. It causes anxiety, stress, headaches, migraine, respiratory, especially if you're a professional cleaner and you're using constantly products that have cleaners in it or a fragrance in the, the cleaners. These are, if you use you know, like your shampoos and your conditioners and what you clean the house with and what you do the laundry with, it's like smoking a pack of cigarettes a day. Mm. It is equivalent to smoking a pack of cigarettes a day. And friends, we know how damaging cigarette smoking is now. It's the same thing with products with fragrance. So I encourage you to buy products that say fragrance free. Don't mm. get the unscented. Unscented has all the chemicals from the fragrance. And then they add more chemicals to cover up the smell. What is your opinion then about essential oils and stuff? Is that okay? Oh, I use essential oils. In fact, I, I always uh, joke and say that essential oils were my gateway drug into uh, a healthy lifestyle. You know, I was open enough to use them. Now, listen, some people have an adversity to, to uh, chemical sensitivity to smells, and I don't care if it's pure or synthetic. 
They just have an adversity to it. Your body is overrun with toxins. And once we start working with the detox process inside your body, you might not have that issue as strongly as you once did. And maybe you can use essential oils, which are pure, a pure form. You don't have to eliminate them, but not all essential oils were created equally. You know, there is a difference between essential oils and we want to make sure that we're buying pure therapeutic grade essential oils. If you can't eat it, you can't ingest it, you shouldn't be putting it on your body. If I can't eat my lotion, I am not putting it on my skin. If I can't eat my deodorant, I'm not putting it on my skin. Mm. And I can. The stuff I use, I can spray it right into my mouth. That's a good principle. Fine. How, how did you go from mechanic working with cars to then opening up the rabbit hole about toxins? I had my health issues. I suffered from a lot of issues, uh, a lot of chronic issues in my health. And I, I was going from doctor to doctor. I spent thousands of dollars and countless hours on um, being, you know, huddled through that whole system and never finding any results and being told there's nothing that they can do uh, for me. And I just wasn't ready to hang up the hat. And I don't know what it was inside of me that just kept looking. And like I said, I got in, into essential oils and that is what opened my eyes to really dive into that rabbit hole, like you like to call it. And so I learned and the more I learned, the matter I got. And then I decided I know I'm learning about this. Lots of other people don't know about this. I need to give it a voice. And that's why I became a podcast host and I wrote my book. And now I got certifications behind me. And so now I teach, I do coaching and I, I teach women how to do this themselves. Awesome. If people want to find out more about your podcast, your services and all the work that you're doing, explain a bit more about what you do, what you offer and where they can find you. Sure. So I offer a whole lot of stuff. So you can find me at transformingwomenshealth.com. It's my website transformingwomenshealth.com. You can connect with me on social media. You can you know, get in on our newsletter. You can listen to the podcast. Everything is there. Our courses that we offer, we've got some evergreen courses that we offer. I offer a one-on-one -on -one virtual call like what we're doing right now. It's $199. I, you have me for an hour. I'm going to have you open up all your cabinets and I'm going to talk you through. What do you, what do you got? Let's get rid of it. Let's replace it with this. You and, and trust me, in an hour, we'll get through your whole house and I'll help you identify the areas that you need to do. I also teach the Vitality Accelerator, and that's a five-step program that we've developed based on the Vitality Code that's really going to help you remove the toxins and support the body's natural detox so that you can live without pain. You can you know, get rid of the brain fog. You can get rid of the weight and, and reverse your chronic disease, and it's a five-step to help you do that. Well, if you checked on a podcast, you won't be able to see it. But if you see the video, you can see that you're very radiant. You look a lot uh, younger than people would think. What would be some kind of last message that you would love your grandchildren to take away from you and from their parents? And what you think like should be a focus of parents to create better, healthier, and more fulfilled generations? You know, final thought would be, it doesn't take massive action. It takes one small step. That in anything that we do, whether it's something that we're, we're doing to create better health, whether it's something we're doing to create a better community for those that we love, if, if it's something that we're wanting to do to create a better world for all of us, it's just one step. We just have to take one step. Well, 
Thank you for stepping up with me on this podcast and being a guest. We covered a lot of topics and I'm happy to have a fellow freedom fighter like you keep on making an impact to remove toxicity and bring people to a more vibrant health. It was a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. So I'm blessed. I'm, I'm honored to have been a part of this. Thank you. If you like this podcast, don't forget to subscribe and support our mission of freedom of speech. With increasing restrictions on fundamental freedoms, we believe that now, more than ever, is the time for you to be an online coach or consultant and become independent from the system. That's why we created the Client Closer Academy. Learn how to consistently enroll clients and join a community of fellow free thinkers who value personal responsibility, speaking their truth, and making an impact. Find out more at clientcloser.com slash academy. Rant over.